Let's talk about highway and road safety in British Columbia. We just went through a deadly weekend there of several fatal car crashes in the province on the weekend. Do we need a massive expansion of traffic enforcement cameras? So I'm talking red light cameras, speed cameras, photo radar and not just at dangerous intersections. We have 140 of those right now. But there are calls to massively increase that network of cameras. So put them everywhere. Put them in school zones, highways, crosswalks. Put them in city streets with high traffic volumes. Would that get people to slow down and drive more safely? Got Derek Luer standing by to discuss. Think about this now, too. Should we reduce the speed limits? Also calls for that as well. Have a listen to Teal Phelps Bondaroff here. He is a Saanich City Councillor on a recent show. And here he is making the case for traffic cameras. Traffic cameras are fantastic. They're a cost-effective way of increasing compliance and ensuring that we actually have monitoring on really important areas. I'm not saying we're going to get rid of roadside stops, but when it comes to things like speeding through playground zones, and high-risk intersections, we want the ability to deploy cameras to increase compliance and ultimately make our roads safer. All right, let's discuss now with my guest, Derek Lures. Derek is a traffic management advocate. He's a researcher at SenseBC, which lobbies for smart laws, better drivers, and safer roads. Derek, thanks for coming on again. Hey, good morning, Mike. Long time no speak. And uh, let me first say congratulations on the great fundraising you guys did yesterday. That sounded like a remarkable turnout. Yeah, that was an awesome day. Thank you for mentioning that. It was an awesome day yesterday for the CKNW Kids Fund, and I was very happy to be part of it. And Man, we shattered the record again yesterday with the amount of money raised for for kids in BC. So that's awesome. Thanks to all the listeners here who uh, participated in that yesterday. Okay, Derek, let's talk traffic cameras here. Now, there are calls here to massively expand these cameras. That city councillor you just heard from there, he is saying, like, let us handle this. Let municipalities decide where to put these cameras we know best what do you think well i've never met a politician that didn't like uh, a new source of revenue so that doesn't surprise me municipalities are uh, all hard up for cash has been in the news but i want to go back to what you said there that there's these calls for change i don't know if that's an uh, accurate description Uh, as i understand it this interview is being preempted by a poll that was conducted by mario canseco and his firm uh, in search or insight research um, I don't know that a poll means that there's been a call for changes, but it's definitely been good for his company to get the media attention about his company and the speed issue. So, I mean, I'm here to, I mean, we can talk about his poll and we can talk about uh, what differences or if any differences these measures might take. Uh, I found it interesting listening to that Sanich councillor uh, yeah. talking about the, the high risk intersections and increasing compliance and playgrounds and high risk zones. You know, I would challenge that counselor to say, how do you how do you ha- justify that? How do you how do you show that there's an increased compliance? Because anywhere where there is automated speed enforcement, ticketing never goes down. So he was talking about high risk areas like a play playground or high risk areas. Well, if they are high risk, as someone who also appreciates public safety as a background as a firefighter and public service, I want to see that action taken immediately if there's someone blowing through this the speed uh, playgrounds let's yeah. pull them over right now and find out what's going on not okay, have well, them hit somebody or kill someone you know 100 meters down the road because no action was taken and it, they get a ticket 
15 days later in the mail. That's not going to stop anything. Okay, well, let's have a, another listen to him and what he had to say here. And the calls for the, the, these reforms, Derek, are, are coming from municipal governments. They're coming from uh, mayors, some mayors and councillors, city councillors. There's been an efforts to get the, the Union of BC Municipalities behind this effort to expand these camera networks and allow municipalities to operate them. So that's where that's coming from. But let me play another clip here for you from that city councillor here. So Teal Phelps Bonderoff. Now, here he makes the case. Now, when he was on here before, he said that there have been studies in other jurisdictions that show that these cameras are effective. And when drivers know that they're being watched by these cameras and potentially going to be ticketed for breaking the law, they do change their behavior. That's what, that's what he argues. So here's what he has to say, then I'll get your thoughts. This was a meta-analysis of 35 studies, and they found that the average speed in the vicinity of traffic cameras goes down 15%, collisions went down between 14 and 25%, fatalities and serious injuries went down between 11 and 44%. We have traffic laws, but they only work if they're followed, and they're often only followed if there's effective monitoring and enforcement. Okay, does that not make some sense that if a driver knows that there are cameras watching you, and watching you speeding, watching you blow through a red light, that you're not going to do that if you know you're going to get caught? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what meta-studies he's referring to. I read a study um, in BMC uh, in preparation for this interview out of Toronto in 2020, citing their 30-kilometer-an-hour uh, speed limits because they're one of the Vision Zero champion cities, and they found no uh, significant difference, statistical difference between the cha- roads that were changed and the roads that were at 40 kilometers an hour. So I, I can't speak to what he's referring to. Um, as far as drivers' behaviors going through, uh, if they're knowing they're being monitored, I, that might be an initial reaction. Uh, but I think everyone starts to get comfortable at some point. Um, but if everyone is comfortable, uh, which I disagree with the survey results, I don't think most people want to be watched 24-7 by cameras and the state. Mm. Um, but I, I think there's an ideology that sounds good. We want to be safe and we want to catch people. And I'm in favor of catching the scoff laws, the intoxicated drivers, the prohibited drivers. Um, but this isn't going to solve that. And, and Mario's poll, you know, he, you know, polls, polls are very subjective. You know, even in 2013, Mario's, when he was working for Angus Reid, they got it wrong when they called the 2013 election in favor of uh, MDP majority. They got it yeah. wrong then. His, yeah. his, his, you know, Castanet did a poll on the same question based on his uh, news release, they had 12,000 respondents and that survey result was a 48-48 split. So, Mm. I mean, is his poll accurate? I don't know. I emailed Mario to ask him the source of his poll. Where did he place it? What was the demographics? Uh, I did that at 7.30 yesterday morning. I have yet to get back, hear back from him. Uh, These things are very important. So to start putting a press release out there saying that two thirds of British Columbians favor more speed enforcement, pretty misleading. You know, he uses languages in the survey of what the options of definitely very good and strongly with uh, regards to his questions. For those definitely the very good and the strongly, they were less than a third in favor. The ones that came after that were moderately in favor, might be in favor, somewhat agree. So that those are people that don't aren't 100% bought in and they don't have all the facts. Okay. So I actually think it's very misleading. Let's let's listen to a little bit of him here. Speaking of Derek Lewis, uh, Lures, Sense BC, should we install more traffic cameras? Should we lower speed limits? Now, this is another one we discussed on the show yesterday, and this was also part of this poll. There is an effort to lower speed limits, especially on residential side streets in urban centers, lower them to 30 kilometers an hour. 
Uh, Mario Canseco, the pollster, we ha- he was on the show yesterday, and he said, look, there is support for lowering speed limits. Let's listen, then I'll get your thoughts. 69% tell us they think it's a good idea when we tell them, would you be okay with reducing the speed limit to 30 kilometers an hour on all residential street in your own municipality while keeping the speed limit on arterial and collector roads at 50? 61% say yes. It's down five points from 2022, but it's still three out of five British Columbians who say, we think this is a good idea. Okay, so he says this poll indicates that, you know, a pretty significant majority of people like this idea, lowering speed limits 30 kilometers an hour on residential side streets. Derek, your thoughts? Yeah, again, I go back to what I said earlier about his polling. There was a percentage that strongly agreed. That was somewhere around 24 percent, I believe, just under a third. Uh, And then somewhat agree was below that at like 20 percent. So, again, it's not all the facts. Um, the 30 kilometer, you know, I, I read his, he did an op-ed for BIV uh, News. I don't know what that organization is, but it, they are an online news organization. Business in Vancouver. And there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not on the mainland there, you big city folks. But uh, yeah. so he did an op-ed for that. And he leads his op-ed starting with talking about three fatal crashes and a rash of crashes, kind of like you did with opening the show today. Now, I looked into those crashes because they were linked in his article. And one of them was a T-bone. One of them happened mid-block at midnight. And the other one happened on 15th Avenue. Uh, one was on Main Street. And the other one uh, was also on a Main Street. Not Main Street, but a Main Street. Uh, and police said no speed or impairment was suspected. So, hmm. again, what are the causes of these crashes? You know, Main Street. Main Street's not a side street. It's not a 30-kilometer an hour. I was just in Vancouver this past weekend. I don't think anyone's going to be advocating for a 30 kilometer an hour speed limit on Main Street. So mm. are these crashes really happening? And, and you and I had a conversation, I think it was a couple of years ago now, the last time we talked. Um, we talked about this. When you're on a side street, and in Mario's poll, he, uh, he asked this question, how often do you perceive cars going 50 kilometers an hour or greater on your residential streets? The perception when you're a pedestrian on the side of the road and a vehicle is going by, a two-ton vehicle is going by, that it's driving much faster than you think it should be is always going to be greater. It's just it's just the way physics works. When you're a human and you're seeing this two-ton metal object going on the road, it always looks like it's going faster. But if you put most of those people behind the car and drive that street, mm. they're and they're going to be driving the speed limit, and someone else is going to say they're driving too fast. So it's not going it's not going to change anything. Um, I I do want to mention, though, that this whole uh, safe systems approach and the push for the 30 kilometer speed limits was all based on a study that came out that talked about impact speeds and the survivability of impact speeds. And I want to to draw your attention to that key word, impact, impact speeds, not driving speeds, impact speeds. So if you have a car that's traveling at 60 kilometers an hour, recognizes a hazard that's about 40 meters out takes about one and a half seconds to react on average, hits the brakes. When that person hits that object, if that object stays static, doesn't move, and there's no evasive actions taken, the impact speed would occur at 30 kilometers an hour, which is the Mm. impact speed that they're targeting where you have only a 10% fatality rate. If a car is traveling at 50 kilometers an hour under those very same conditions, that impact speed would be 24 kilometers an hour. So I believe that there's actually been quite a misunderstanding of the whole reason to get to this 30K. Um, and and okay. it's, it's wrong. 
Okay, some in, really interesting context there that you just outlined. Let me ask you this, bottom line it here for me. Do you think the speed limits in British Columbia overall are too low, too high, just about right? Would you change anything, speed limits in general? Uh, well, I'm not a traffic engineer, so I don't get to say whether they are right or wrong. But I yeah. do believe that the understanding is that the traffic speed limit should be set to the 85, 85th percentile of drivers. In BC, that is generally not the case. Uh, so I do think there's lots of room for change in that to adjust the speed limits. Most drivers on the road will drive at a reasonable, safe speed for the conditions that they're under. The, the majority, of course, not so, everybody. So you, do, you mean, do you mean that traffic, the, traffic, the posted speed limits are typically too low? Yeah, I, I can give you an example hmm. where I live on Highway 14 in, uh, out in the west shore of the island. Yeah. There is a permanent speed counter on a four-lane section of highway that's been there for almost 20 years. That data is publicly accessible on the online with the BC government. The 85th percentile of traffic on that section of road is 103 kilometers an hour. That's day in and day out, 15,000 cars a day, 365 days a year. The posted speed limit on that road is 80 kilometers an hour, and then it transitions to a 60 kilometer an hour when it goes down to two lanes. Law okay. enforcement regularly yep. sits at that transition zone. They have oh. not adjusted the speed limit. To, so you got people that are actually doing on average 103, transitioning to a 60, and they're getting picked off like flies. So in that okay. case, no, I don't think the road speed limit is set to the reasonable majority because there's not a lot of accidents there, and people are traveling that speed. Derek, it's always very fascinating to speak to you. Thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. And uh, look forward to the next one. Let's not make it a couple of years.